Hello and welcome back to FNF Self Tapes. And today we are watching a French language film. Um, we got some thunder in the background. If you hear that, uh, it is currently raining. It is summer in North Carolina, so what you can expect is 90 degree days. I'm getting rained on around 4 p.m. and having a nice. 70 degree ish to 80 degree ish cool summer night um it's great i love it so much uh it's not the worst thing ever at all <laughs> uh north carolina jokes aside though um we watched today the film 35 Shots of Rum. I, I watched it today. I don't know if you did. Um, this is a really interesting movie, uh, as are most movies. <laughs> um, actually, I don't even know if that's true. I don't even know if what I just said is true. I don't know if most movies are interesting. So, uh, good on this one. <laughs> uh, this movie was really well done. Uh, it's done by a director who I really enjoy um who I'm coming to really enjoy I don't know much of her work yet but I I am trying to get to <laughs> and I and I'm going to I think the next film I'm gonna watch of hers it's called Trevi something anyways this one's called 35 shots of rum uh and we're gonna talk about it so let's do that um First off, we're going to start with the credits, as is customary around here. Um, so 35 Shots of Rum came out in 2008. Uh, it was distributed by Soudain Compagnie. Uh, I think this is how you say that. And then it was co-produced by Pandora Film Production and Art France Cinema. Uh, the runtime of this movie was 100 minutes. The writer of this movie was Claire Denis, and it was actually a co-written. Uh, so it was Claire Denis and Jean-Paul Fargo. Um, the director of this film, uh, as mentioned earlier, is Claire Denis. The editor for the film was Guy Lacorn. The music in this film was done by an artist named Tendersticks. The camera work on this film was done by Agnes Godard. And then the cast is as follows. Uh, Alex Descas as Lionel. Uh, Maddie Diop as Josephine. Nikhil Dogier. Uh, I, I looked it up earlier and I already forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, as Gabrielle. We have Grégoire Colleen as Noé. I have Juliet Marr as Renee. I have John Christophe Foley as Ruben. I have Eric Ebunet as Blanchard. And then I have Ingrid Cabin as the German aunt. Um, and that is the credits for 35 Shots of Rum, at least the, the base credits. Um... There were more people that worked on this movie. Those are not the only one. But uh, those are the main credits. And then 
now i guess maybe i can talk about a little bit about the cast i did want to highlight that um in the scenes that he was in uh julia mar had a really 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 good performance as renee um he played uh, a man who was just really disillusioned with uh the idea that he was being forced into retirement and uh, was kind of feeling uh, a very big burden of hopelessness and not having a sense of purpose um big thunder big thunder big thunder i might lose power that would be pretty funny if i lost power like mid podcast um but nevertheless um i also wanted to highlight alex deskus's performance as leonel the lead character sorry scratching my face uh leonel is the the lead protagonist or there's not really an antagonist in this movie to be honest um this is very much just the slice of life and you're kind of just watching people live i don't know i mean there's antagonists from certain characters perspectives but i don't uh, that's kind of just life um and i think that's what's really pretty about this movie too uh is how the characters interact and how there's not truly antagonist you know it's all perceived um every antagonist is really perceived in this movie so um really enjoyed that uh that aspect and that touch um and then let me see anybody else i really wanted to outline no i don't i don't really think so okay so now we're gonna do the plot synopsis and uh it's pretty short honestly so just bear with me on this you know five paragraphs so uh i read it earlier so i'm getting better guys i'm gonna try and practice so i don't sound like a stumbling idiot please know that i give myself shit out of uh out of wanting to make myself laugh not out of actually a pure hatred for myself but nevertheless <laughs> uh, oh no okay plot synopsis is as follows uh 35 shots of rum is as follows uh Lionel, a widower who drives rer trains in metropolitan paris has raised his daughter josephine alone for many years they have always shared a special bond and live a secure and contented life, uh, somewhat isolated from others in an apartment building in a suburb of Paris. Josephine, an anthropology student, is now grown and has become a young woman, but she remains deeply devoted to her father. They have developed a loose family with some of the other residents of the building. Gabrielle, a moody, sorry, Gabrielle, a cab driver who once had a love affair with Lionel, and Noe, a moody young man who lives with his cat uh, and has feelings for Josephine. Uh, Noe leads a disorganized life and goes abroad often. Gabrielle appears to have feelings for Lionel, but motherly feelings, sorry, has feelings for Lionel and motherly feelings towards Josephine. However, both father and daughter are ambivalent towards more than a casual friendship with anyone outside their special relationship. Turn page. 
While attending the retirement party for a colleague and friend, Leonel declines to try a customary uh, feat of downing 35 shots of rum. His colleague appears to be lost without his job, and Leonel realizes that time is moving on. Leonel must find meaning and security in things other than his present life, lest he end up the same way. During an outing with Gabrielle and Noe, their car breaks down and the four friends take refuge in a closed bar. Noe shows his feelings for Josephine and Lionel realizes that she, sorry, Lionel realizes that uh, Josephine must eventually leave him. He knows that she needs to live on her own life, uh, independent of him, and it is subtly suggested that Josephine decides to marry Noe in a scene of her emotionally charged visit to Noe's apartment. When Leonel's former colleague commits suicide on the RER tracks, Leonel has to stop his train when he comes across the body. The father and daughter then go on a long trip to visit her mother's tomb in Germany before her wedding. In the final scene, Josephine weds a nervous but happy Noe. At the party, Leonel successfully downs 35 shots of rum in celebration of the occasion. It's not clear whether he does so in joy or in sadness. He returns home to live alone. Um, very French movie, I have to say, right off the top. Very, very French movie. Um, just super sad and uh, just depressing. Just, you know, for no general reason whatsoever. <laughs> uh, it's just like, hey, um, you know those dark thoughts you have? Let's bring that to the forefront. Um like super to the forefront like at all times um this movie like sits in its own sadness and it truly uh, is like every version of of sad you can think of it's melancholy it's uh, just downright depressing um you know in the bits where we have self-harm be involved uh, and the, the way that the camera work is done in those scenes is absolutely incredible, which I'll talk about later. But um, right now, I am going to take a drink of my beer, and then I'm going to read the themes. <laughs> so the themes are... Uh, these are the themes that I have. I don't, I don't, this is interpretive. This is, this is interpretive. So... Uh, this is not a, uh, I'm gonna shut up, but, uh, these, <laughs> these are not obviously concrete, but these are some themes that I noticed, uh, themes and ideas, I should say, that I noticed throughout the movie, so here's the list. I have beauty of simplicity, capitalism, the effects on the individual, um, capitalism and its effects on the individual, I should be clear on that, uh, coming of age, Communication, verbal and nonverbal. Uh, companionship is salvation. Then convention and rebellion. I then have desire to escape. Then I have disillusionment and dreams. I then have democracy. I then have empowerment. I then have facing darkness. Next one is family. Then heritage. And then I have human nature. And then in the... the individuality um then i have isolation and its hazards i have above and sacrifice i have man versus self i have nature then i have normality 
then I have peer pressure and race, social construct, vices, willpower, and then working class struggles. Relatable. Um, but yeah, those are uh, all the themes and ideas throughout the movie that I noticed. Um, like I said, super heavy movie, super dark movie. Every kind of like existential thought uh, that you have in your brain kind of gets brought to the forefront. So, I mean, definitely keep that in mind. <laughs> if this is a movie that you haven't seen, um, if you have seen this movie, I'm sure you can relate to that feeling that is put out in the movie of kind of a hopelessness, a feeling of not knowing what you want to do, a feeling of not knowing where you want to go. Um, I want to say this movie kind of like really spoke to me. I did kind of, I'm sorry, I didn't kind of, I did watch it in two parts. Um, I was just noting myself, noticing myself falling asleep because it was, uh, it was late at night and um, I don't know why I forgot how to say late at night. It was late at night. Um, and I just couldn't get through it for whatever reason, um, and I needed to fall asleep, so did that, came back, and really enjoyed the last hour of the movie. Um, it does start really slow, and it does pass by really slow. Um, for a hundred minutes, it really, um, it really doesn't do much in the very beginning to jump out at you, try to grab your attention, or anything like that. Uh, it definitely is for the people that want to stay and want to know the story and want to hear the story. Um, so, if you like movies that really meander, if you like movies that really um, just kind of show you what life is like in a certain part of the world, this is a great movie for you. Um, I tend to like movies like that. Uh, just stuff that uh, deals with a lot of nuance. Um, and stuff that doesn't really doesn't really tell you much. You kind of have to infer a lot of the the dialogue, and you have to infer a lot of even the action in the film. Um, you know, as it said in the plot synopsis, uh, it's heavily implied that she gets married. It's it's never really shown. Uh, she's just wearing white, and then she's wearing lace gloves. So uh, it's never really shown, and they're not wrong. <laughs> to say that it's only implied because it really is. Um, and it's never fully implied what the 35 shots of rum is a significant or what that signifies. I don't know if that's already a celebration. If I'm a dumbass or sound like a dumbass right now, then have fun laughing at me uh, or yelling at me. I understand. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. This movie, it's it's a slow burn and... Uh, but it really delivers, in my personal opinion, with uh, a, a, in the amount of poignant, uh, just deep emotion that it's able to deliver on. Um, and I think a lot of that is due to Claire Denis uh, having a great writing style, and as well as uh, Jean-Paul Fargo. I don't know what their writing process was or anything like that, but um, they wrote a really sound script. And a lot of the dialogue in here, I have a lot of it, uh, you know, notated so we will uh we will read some of that when we get there actually one of my second notes 
Um, actually, well, let's go ahead and do that because my first note is about the slow opening. So let's go ahead and get into the second one. Uh, it's a quote that uh, one of the students says uh, in the very <clears throat> politically charged scene um, pretty early on in the movie when they're in their anthropology class. And their anthropology class seems like it is geared towards um, more, uh, how do I say this? <clears throat> the whole class is either black or Afro-French. Um, so my th my whole thing with saying that is there's a very clear uh, idea in the room. There's They all hold a generally a similar idea, but there's a break where some of them believe in the more democratic way of handling their conflict with how they should be given reparation. And then there's another piece of the class that feels like they, uh, they shouldn't feel the need to ask for reparation and that they should either just be given it or if they have to take it, they will take it in, uh, in due time. Um, and so that's a really powerful undertone to her anthropology class and just kind of like, uh, another reminder that, um, you know, black and African, you know, people who go anywhere in the world are constantly, I mean, other than Africa, truly are constantly being reminded of their own race uh, and having to be made conscious of the color of your skin at every second uh, is probably something that would drive me up like fucking insane. So I genuinely, um, I genuinely don't understand, uh, could never understand uh, what a lot of black and African Americans or Afro, any, any culture, any Afro culture uh, around the world has to deal with on a daily basis. Um, so to be have to going to have to be going to school and hear the same things, um, and you know have people uh, and have to kind of uh, educate people on that. I, I can't really imagine that, especially our own teachers and things of that nature. So that was uh, just a really, really. Uh, politically charged emotionally well i don't know it's a more of a humanly charged scene uh than really anything uh i have this note here from one of the things that one of the students said he says uh, he's quoting franz fanon uh and he says when we revolt it's not for for a particular culture we we revolt simply because for many reasons we can no longer breathe um and, you know, obviously those uh, weak, no longer breathe, takes on a whole new light uh, after the, you know, the death of George Floyd and everything that came out of that in 2020 and, and things of that nature. So hearing that was really 
just it was a super sobering thing um to hear and a really really tough thing to hear and when i when i go back and i watch these old movies and i hear that the same struggles are being repeated and repeated and repeated it does kind of um in a way no, I don't want to say demoralize because that I don't feel demoralized, but it does kind of show you that it, uh, that history is a pattern and uh, and an ugly one, and sometimes and that's really unfortunate, obviously. And uh, again, I just I want to wrap this piece up about you know this the, this specific piece of this. Uh, pot up I just want to end it on like you know just fucking love people man it's really not hard just empathize with other people and other cultures and if somebody doesn't have the same traditions as you it doesn't mean they're a bad person like I, I don't I don't understand what's so hard to realize or notice about that but it seems so hard for so many people, um, and I don't know why. I think it's human nature, but I think we're better than that at the same time. So, yeah, just be more empathetic towards everybody, everyone. <clears throat> Moving on from that, <laughs> uh, not a great segue here, but I I, I want to note that there is a lot of B-roll footage in this movie. Uh, with him being a trained person, it's kind of a thread uh, that's put through the the whole movie. Um, and having the mundanity of the trains going through the the stations and everything like that, I think really punctuates when he finds his former coworker having um, killed themselves. Um, I think it makes it ever like so much more shocking since we're talking about it I don't want to have to bring it up later um I want to talk about that one time very sad just a horribly sad thing uh in the movie um and uh, a very real emotion as well of just sometimes people are not ready for their purpose to be ripped out from under them uh and just another sobering thought that we are all people and uh the mind is very gentle and uh, there's just so much heavy so many heavy subjects are, are just touched upon in such a short amount of time and uh, yeah again just treat everyone with empathy but uh, another thing i just want to say about that scene um the cinematography I thought was incredible the way that they in the direction as well um and how they set these shots up so they had a, a handheld cam and it was walking with um Lionel as he is discovering the body of Renee and um it's he there the person is shaking the cinematographer sorry is shaking the the cam or I don't know if that's just because they're holding the camera and walking backwards um and it's got a super close-up on his face and 
Alex Deskus has managed to uh, start crying in the scene, so um, made it even more heavily emotional. So, um, just a great performance there by director, actor, cinematographer, and everyone really involved. Um, and I imagine writer too. Uh, so. I thought that was one of the great points of the movie, and I, it's one of the highlight scenes uh, as far as technical and technicalities go um, in, in movie making. Um, I don't want to say it's a highlight of the movie because uh, I think that would be really morbid. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, Let's get down this this thing a little bit. Uh, there there is a point in the movie where someone is gifted an iPod. Uh, Renee, during at his retirement party, is gifted an iPod, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And it seems it, it's treated as if it's like a big thing that he got an iPod. And I just think that's really funny. Um, blast of the past for me. <laughs> I remember when I got an iPod Nano, and I I thought my world had changed, and it had honestly. Up to that point, uh, if you're someone that's younger than me and didn't really know about iPods, iPod was a shit when you didn't have anything else. Um, you know, no cell phone, but look, I got music and I got games. I think that thing had games. I want to say it had games. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, my next note here... Oof, I probably should have hit this when we were talking about Renee, but Renee has a quote that uh, really got me. Um, He basically is talking about how he really doesn't have the will to live anymore after his retirement. And he says the line, I don't have this life in me at this rate. I'll die at 100. I'm in perfect health. And uh, really is not looking forward to 40 years of doing nothing. Um, Just really hard to hear and listen to. Uh, I have people close to me that are type that are like, I'm just going to work till I die. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. (laughs) If that's truly something that you want, good on you. Sorry about that. (laughs) <laughs> like I can't can't help you with that um there's so little dialogue in this movie it was actually really easy for me to write down my notes so I appreciated that okay. um I have why is this woman so desperate uh that is probably in uh reference to Gabrielle her character has this really weird desperation in the early part of the when she's waiting for Leonel to get home from, uh, from I guess work, I think uh, it was really weird. I didn't, I didn't really understand why she had so much of an attachment to him um, when he was really not showing her like a lot of attention. I won't say he was showing her no attention, but like she had to, she, like she had seemed aware that they didn't really like her that much, both daughter and father. So I don't, I don't know. I don't. That part really had me confused because I was like, "How do you not understand that they don't, that they don't really like you?" Um, 
But then it's like, but I think you do understand that. So why are you still coming around? Um, but, you know, um, if you watch this past Friday's episode of with Loving Vincent, you know, sometimes life is lonely and it hurts really hard. Um, so sometimes even people that are assholes to you and bully you and all that stuff, you kind of just deal with it because you wouldn't have friends otherwise and uh just know that you don't have to do that it's it's not it's not that it's not always like that people will accept you for who you are but with that i need to go to the break um so stick with it Alrighty, i'm back so to left okay to leave sorry what was i gonna say i was gonna say something that was kind of clever as a comeback comeback in thing but now i'm doing this and now i seem like a dummy to pick up where i left off oh that would have been so good that would have been so good if i nailed that anyway <laughs> pick up where i left off uh we have everything here uh why go looking elsewhere that was something that was said to No Way by Joe, and thought it was really interesting. I thought uh, it reminded me of Morvern Kalar from two weeks ago. Um, just thought it had like a really similar vibe to you know the the sentiment that Morvern's best friend was trying to say to her is like we have everything here in Scotland. Why would we want anything else? Um, I kind of got the same feeling from that line of being like, what? We got everything in France. Why do you need to go anywhere else? Just thought it was fun. Uh, little callback type of thing that I could point out. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> um, I didn't, I really enjoyed the scene where Noe and Joe uh, discussed their thoughts on minimalism. I, I don't know that there is a too many movies that talk about minimalism in uh, in such a positive light. I don't such a positive light, but you know, in a light where it kind of seems like uh, not negative. It's talking about minimal minimalism, Jesus, with an open mind, uh, and that's not something that I really see often. I see often in movies where minimalism is. Uh, kind of posited as this thing where this person is going through a mental health crisis and they want to sell everything and get rid of all their things uh and i just think that's a very narrow way of of uh of looking at that but uh that's me personally so um yeah anyway uh i did want to note that it thought it was really funny the way that no way his clothes like blew up and made it look like he was wearing like a uh, a blow up doll type of thing um shut up we uh anyway sorry uh i just thought it was really funny the way that his clothes blew up and it made it look like he was like a michelin man type of character it was it was really funny and then he got out of the water and his clothes were still like 
<laughs> trying to like filling up with air for no reason. It was really funny. Um, there's also a part in the movie <laughs> to really hammer home the idea that you're kind of just like going through someone's life with them. Uh, there's a part where Leonel is just sitting on the couch and he leans back and just lets fart out. And I thought that was thought that was pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool. Um I oh here's my one note that I have written down that I don't understand. Uh I have in quotes, Welcome to the free zone. Oh, actually I do know what that's about. Haha. <laughs> Didn't get myself on this one. So Welcome to the Free Zone, there was a the anthropology class was protesting later on in the movie. And it was kind of trying to, in my perception, trying to make uh, Josephine feel bad for going to school uh, or going to the anthropology class. And then she gets hit on by one of the fellow students named Ruben, who I thought would have a larger role in this film, but he was just meant to be no way's personal antagonist. Um, but... Um, still, seeing the the protest helped solidify and call back to the to the poignant conversation uh, that they were having in the classroom from earlier. Um, I then have oh another quote here from Lionel, uh, where Gabrielle is trying to pry. Uh, how he feels about something, and he says, the less you know, the better I feel. And I thought that was really fun. And then you have that, basically, her acting as if he's annoying her, and her seemingly being, like, self-aware of this, paired with an absolute horrible beer pour, where it's, like, half of the, half of the cup is... um foam, beer foam. It was a horrible pour. And another guy had gotten a beer at the same time, and he got a pretty average pour. Um, I just think it helped really cement like the overall annoyance of the, the situation, and I just thought it was a really nice visual touch um, from Denis. So, uh, shout out to her again on that one. Uh, with the visual metaphor and the the other writer Jean Paul Argo, um, and then the very next scene is a scene where Ruben gives Noé roses after he goes to ask her out to a concert, uh, only to find out that she has already bought tickets to this concert and she's already going with her faux family. Uh, it contains her father and the other two people. Noe and Gabrielle. Nevertheless, uh, Noe looks down at the roses that were just given to Joe by Ruben and says, am I running behind? And it's just, it's an incredible double entendre because it's actually meant to be him saying, am I behind as saying, am I actually late? As a very straightforward interpretation and the one that he would probably defend his honor on the fact that 
that's the one that he was saying. Because men are crazy. And then, plus him seemingly losing the interest of Joe as he's constantly going on adventures. Um, and kind of metaphorically, is he behind to this new person, Ruben, that has given her flowers? No, obviously she is touched by this, but it, I don't think that uh, her eye is taken off of no way, especially obviously going later on where it's pretty much inferred that they get married. So, but 50% of marriages fail in the United States. I don't know what the stats are in France, but it's not, when you get married over here, it's not basically saying like, oh, we're going to be together forever. It's like, yeah, we, we're together for right now. We are, we are legally binded together right now. Isn't that romantic? Um, I have a note here that says raising up a man's daughter right in front of him is wild. Um, but then Lionel just, uh, I guess, gets some, some charisma from it as well. Because <laughs> he just walks up and starts dancing with the bar owner right in front of Gabrielle, the woman who's been thirsting over him for the entire film. Uh, which is also pretty wild. They uh, runs in the family, I'm going to guess. Uh, you just do out-of-pocket shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love how my whole review is basically me trying to like vocab words you guys and then I have like one I always have one note that just has me pull out like every slang word I know it's the funniest thing in the world to me at least um ooh I have the I have this note that says I also like to think that the trains being uh, tethered throughout the movie. I also think that it's a, a metaphor that everything keeps on going, no matter. Uh, the train's always on the tracks. It's always going to keep going until it's thrown off the tracks. Um, type of type of thing. That's something that I personally interpreted from that. But I can understand if you think that's a reach. So. Let me know in the comments. <laughs> um, the one of the most jarring pieces of this movie, though, is uh, the scene where Noé uh, is, is seeming despondent and he doesn't really know, uh, it, it, or Gabrielle and Josephine cannot really figure out why he's acting despondent, uh, and come to find out. He reveals that his cat is dead and died at night. And he just walks over, picks it up by its scruff, and walks it over and just puts it in a garbage bag and just puts it over by the door to take out later. As if it's like a piece of trash. And then he's like, well, I feel at peace now. I can, I can leave here now. What? last thing I'd be doing if I saw that would be marrying this person I think Doe Noe is deeply troubled uh, and a highly narcissistic person um but you know that's just an interpretation from like 40 minutes of footage so probably wrong seems like a nice guy love to the family uh but yeah, that was really jarring. 
that was a really really weird jarring scene uh yeah i don't know i don't know how i felt about that one no one really took me out of it but i also understand the significance of allowing him to feel this type of catharsis of just like being able to finally let go uh, because he wanted to leave France really bad. And it seemed pretty obvious that he wanted to leave France. So, or at least move far away. Not Maybe not leave France, but at the very least far away. So, if his cat dying of natural causes is what ha allows him to go do that. Power to him, I guess. Um, <laughs> I... I guess my last note about the movie, uh, or I guess my last note about a specific thing that happened in a movie is that he brought home a second rice cooker after he did the 35 shots, um, which I just thought was such a funny way uh, to end this movie. Um, just such a, I don't want to say it's cutesy because it's really not. Um, it's just so human. It's, I think it's such a, an endearing thing to happen at the end of this movie for him to forget that they already have a rice cooker and buy another one or i'm pretty sure or he's giving that rice cooker to his daughter and that could also be another interpretation that i would find acceptable <laughs> but i like to think that he's just drunk and it's like ah oh, shit i got another rice cooker <laughs> because <laughs> that just seems really funny to me but yeah anyway um my last four notes here i'm just gonna run through quick uh well i guess i don't need to run through this first one i've already said this like 10 times uh so i'll just do the last three i enjoyed the cinematographer's really low saturation look um i also thought the score was extremely good um and did a really good job of painting the, the picture of the setting and the tone really really well and then i thought it was a really melancholy movie melancholy movie with some very very harsh human uh emotions that are like very much shoved in your face um but i still do think it's an endearing movie and if somebody had asked me if i had seen it i would say yes and then they would say, would you watch it again? And I would say, yes. So, um, for a foreign language film that is extremely sad, for me to be able to be like, yeah, I'd watch that again. It's a pretty, it has to be a pretty good movie. Um, and so, with that, I'm actually going to go ahead and throw it on the list. And I'm going to let you know how good of a movie I think it is. Uh, if I can think I'm watching myself do this in the viewfinder, uh, so it's kind of, that was kind of hard to get it over there, but I've already got it up here, so I have 30, 35 shot of rum. This is a French film, not a Russian film. This film is also known by the name 35 Rooms, uh, it's just how you say rum, and <laughs> I guess you say shots of rum by just saying rooms just poking fun um but yeah 35 shots of rum here uh and i gave 35 shots of rum and 8.2 um 
for transparency's sake, I do want to say I don't come back and look at the ratings before I put my rating on this piece of paper right here. So, um, know that I'm not st stacking these at 8.43 and then 2. I, I really wasn't. I, I It took me a second to figure out exactly how I felt about this movie. Um, I try to, like, do snap reactions, like, right at the end and give my reaction. Uh, but I've started to give it, like, an hour or so before I actually rate the movie. Like, right as I'm about to print this, I'll be like, okay, how do I actually feel? And then I'll put the rating on there. Um, but, puts it right around the middle of the pack. Um, in the fifth spot out of eight. We have eight movies, seven episodes because of the pilot episode of uh, of F and F self tapes. They came out on the main um, F and F feed. That movie was lost in translation, which now moves to number six. And thirty five shots of rum is right underneath the wrestler, also from two thousand eight. Um, which sits at 8.3, so, pretty interesting. Um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, still standing very tall, uh, at the top there, with 9.5. And, yeah. Um, I want to thank everybody for watching this episode. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, please go ahead and give us a subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Throw a comment down there. Give me some suggestions for movies you'd want us to watch on self-tapes or finding new films. Um, you can also give us a thumbs up. It helps us out. You could go follow us on Instagram and the newly launched Instagram threads. Um, I don't like Twitter anymore, so uh, I'm going to use that to put out some updates and stuff like that on uh, on Twitter or on a Twitter type app, I guess. Uh, so, you know, if we're running late on uploads, or I have, like, I'll tweet out when we're uploading threads out, post a thread, post a post on threads. I don't know what they call it. I'll be threading out there. Um, I'm going to thread the needle to you guys uh, about when the show is coming. <laughs> uh, no, but... um. Look out this Friday um, for Friday New Films, the main show. Um, my dad's going to be back on a, a short uh, hiatus. It's only been, I think, five weeks since he was on last to do Life of Brian, but we're going to be doing the Wes Anderson film Bottle Rocket, uh, which is his first film from, I think, 96? I want to say, uh, but nevertheless, uh, seems like a good movie. It's co-written by Owen Wilson, so that should be fun. Uh, it was also, I think, his first movie as well as Luke Wilson's first movie, so it'll be fun to see all of them as really young guys just running around in Austin, Texas before it was cool. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, next week on FNF Self Tapes, I am going to pull up the list so I can tell you. Is every week 
so FNF self tapes next week. We are doing the film Paris, Texas, by the director Wim Wenders. I think is his name. Yeah, I want to. Say, I think it's Wim Wenders or Wim Wender. I don't know. I'm sorry. I have not done enough research. I haven't watched the movie yet, so I haven't done research on it. Leave me alone. Uh. What else? Go watch the basement tapes if uh, you missed that. That's me and Trevor uh, talking about general life things and video games and Marvel TV shows or all that stuff. Cool Ranch Papadias. <clears throat> um, go watch the latest episode of Greg and Jeff Give the Hi Hat. And yeah, you can follow all of them on Instagram too and threads. And they all get posted to the Q Cruise YouTube channel as well. If you're listening to this on audio, please follow us. Throw us five stars if you would. That would be fun as well. I think I've covered everything with that. Uh, so I want to say again, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, tune in next week. And uh, with that, it's goodbye. I love you. Mwah.